Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you spoke to uh, this bunch of people who were so interested to hear what you had to say, that they followed you onto a mountainside. And they sat and they listened, and probably like us, they were challenged. And they were challenged because you were uh, speaking about doing life differently. They were challenged because uh, they realized that things did not have to go on in the old order, but that there was new life, that there were new promises, that there, were, there was a new way of uh, going about their day-to-day life and their day-to-day worship of the living God. So help us, uh, help me as I speak, help us as we listen to hear what you're saying to us about how we can live our lives for you, how we can be salt and light to those around us and to those uh, around the world. Ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, so um, the Jesus followers job description. Okay, um, there are other parts of the Bible where it talks about the, uh, the person spec, if you like, of uh, a Jesus follower, about uh, being kind and gentle um, and all of those things that we access through the Holy Spirit. So, you know, that's, uh, we, we're not going to talk particularly about the person's specification of being a Jesus follower, other than it's about saying, Jesus, you are Lord. You're Lord of my life. I'm going to follow you. There you go. Simple. Jesus said, um, and I'm going to read a different version to the one that I thought I was going to read. I'm going to read it in the message. Jesus said, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to bring light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. That was the message version. Um, But both versions um, talk about uh, the salt and about the light. And so just to start off with, just a question. Why did Jesus need to restate what the people of Israel were meant to be doing? Why did he need to say, you're meant to be salt and light? Why, Why the need for that? Any thoughts? Because they were doing it perfectly? Maybe not. Because they were being the, the right sort of people in the right sort of place at the right sort of time? Probably not. Jesus knew who the people of Israel had been called to be because he'd called them. He said, come and be my people. Be the, the example to those around you of what life with God is like. And they weren't doing it. They got wrapped up in um, 
all the stuff that the Pharisees and the Sadducees had put there as, um, as things that they had to do, but they didn't point to Jesus. They didn't point to, to the living God. They didn't point to um, a Messiah, a Savior. They pointed simply to a set of rules and regulations. And what Jesus is saying is, it's not about the rules and the regulations. I haven't come to do away with that, but it's more than that, so much more than that. And that's what the whole Sermon of the Mount is about. Uh, two weeks ago, Shunu gave us the introduction and talked about uh, how it's the gospel. I spoke last week um, on the Beatitudes. And, um, and here we are looking at salt and light. And this, these, the Beatitudes last week and salt and light this week give that framework for everything that comes after it, for all of the rest of the Sermon on the Mount. And um, what Jesus was saying is your lives, especially if you're a Pharisee, if you're someone that lives by the rules and the regulations about what you should and shouldn't do, what it tended to do was it kept people in the dark. It didn't show those around them a God of light, a God of life. Actually, it quite often made them bitter. If you imagine that each time that you got up on a Sunday morning to come to Broccoli Community Church, before you came, you had to make sure that you had your two pigeons or your half a lamb. And if you, if you didn't have that, then you'd be turned away at the door. Pat on the door would say, nope, no pigeons, sorry, you're not coming in. Oh, well, I've got some coins. Well, how many coins have you got? Are they the, are they the Broccoli Community coins? Have you got the Broccoli? No, I've got the, I've got the Queen's cash. No, sorry, it needs to be the Broccoli Community coin. Okay, so you go home, you get the coins, you get back. Right, um, actually, we've put the price up since you went. You'll need three coins, not two coins. And it just kept, people, it kept the people in darkness because they kept putting regulation and, and rule on top of, of it, or on top of people. And Jesus was saying, no, that's not what it's about. Never was, never will be. So, salt quick conversation with your neighbors tell me some of the things or tell each other some of the things that you think salt is good for what does it do how is salt used Okay, so what, call out some of the things that uh, salt is used for. Anyone? What's salt used for? Janet. Sterilizing. Preserving. Flavoring. Flavoring. Double the flavor. 
Healing in the bath, yeah. Conducts electricity. <laughs> it what? It makes your body work. 250 grams of salt in the average body. Get stains out. Uh, yeah, it can be used. Yeah, kill slugs, but also weed, a weed killer can be. Anything else? It melts ice. It's where the word salary comes from. The wages of Roman soldiers. Okay, so you, so if you were in the Roman army, you got paid in salt. It fixes dye. So you change to a new colour and it keeps it there. It's good with tequila. I think we'll put that down as a flavouring. Um, okay, that was many, many more than I got than I thought of, but that's okay, it's not a test. Um, it's also used as a softener in water. Okay, so it softens water, it takes the, takes the hardness out, helps to, to take the sort of lime scale out and stuff. Um, it strengthens, um, it's one of the reasons why you use it in bread making. It strengthens the gluten, helps the gluten to, to bind the bread together. Um, uh, as Janet said, it melts ice, so it makes pathways safe and easier to walk on. But also, if you put ice on a on a block, of, you know, on a block of ice and have another block of ice and put it together, it sticks them together. Have you tried that? It's, a fa- it's one of those things you learn when you're teaching stuff. Um, salt is pure. They don't need to put no additives on salt. Salt is salt. Um, you get different sorts of salt. You get rock salt, you get table salt, you get sea salt. There's no uh, health benefits to eating sea salt rather than table salt. Both have the same, roughly the same amount of sodium in them and uh, both sort of perform in a different way. It's just that rock salt, uh, sort of like uh, sea salt, looks a bit flashier on the table. Um, it uh, it flavours, as we said, enhances the flavours that are already there. It's not actually... You don't tend to eat much that is just salt. You have salt and vinegar, salt and black pepper. Don't tend to... I mean, ready salted is, was the only thing that I could think of. And I can see you in the face of some of you, so like... Um, and it preserves. But the thing about salt is, and I was just saying that just now, is um, it's not really designed to be eaten on its own. Ooh. So just having had just a fingertip full of salt, it's still there. I've you know, still got that flavour. So it's not necessarily a pleasant thing but it lasts a long time and it brings out the other flavours. But, oops, hang on, I'll get some more. The thing about salt is when you, um, when you put it on your, on your food to bring out the flavour, how do you do it? How do you, how do you, how do you do it? How do you, you sprinkle it. You sprinkle it out, don't you? It's not designed to be... To be um, sorry, I'll sweep this up afterwards. It's not designed 
to just go into a single pile. There you go, there's a pile of salt. Like that. On your, t- on your plate. If you, had a, if you have, even if you have a pile of salt on your plate, it's probably because you've got chips on the rest of it and you're dipping your chips into the salt before you eat them. You don't really smother your chip in salt. I don't anyway. Um, and so if it's not designed to be held all together or stay in one, in one lump, then surely the purpose of salt like the people of God, is not to be permanently in one place altogether. Sorry, Gordon. (laughs) But to be sprinkled around, to be separate, to be throughout all of this community and the society. And so the argument of church or the people of God being some holy huddle that only stays together, falls apart because of Jesus' encouragement for us to be sought. Because no one thinks that salt should just stay in one place and be there all the time. So that's salt. Light. Quick question. Chat to the people again. What does light do? How does light have an impact Okay, so tell me, tell me about light. What, do, what does light do, or how is light used? Photosynthesis. Yeah. Woo! We beat you to that one, Charlie. Um, photosynthesis, so it helps plants to grow, to breathe, to reproduce. What else? It has a source and a direction. My word. It's both a wave and a particle. Okay. Good. Anyone want to trump a wave and particle? It's. Yay! It stops it being dark. That's perfect. That's much better than wave and particle. What else? It has a constant velocity. Okay. But Alex. Yeah. Okay, so it guides, light guides, uh, the stars help. Yeah, Hannah. Reveals what's there, yeah. Wakes us up. It reflects. Oh, 
Yeah, that's, that's what color is. It casts shadows. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yes. The ones that I got, it, it awakens, so it wakes us up in the morning. I left, we left, uh, or I left the uh, window open, or the curtain not quite closed this morning. So I was woken as the sun came up um, a little earlier than my alarm went off. Um, it invites, you know, if there's a, if you're on a walk or out in the dark and you see a house with where the lights are on, it's it's invi- it's immediately inviting. You have no idea what's inside there, but it's. It, you know, you're drawn to it. It's, it's inviting. Um, it dispels darkness. Um, the light is not overcome by darkness. Darkness is dispelled by light. So th- this this uh, this is our one of our camping lights, and um, it's it's des- so the the further I pull it up, the brighter it gets. But I only need to do it a little bit, and you can already see the light. And then as I pull it up more and more, you get more and more light. And it's bright. And if you have that in a tent, it definitely isn't dark. Um, what else does it do? Uh, it, it illuminates, allows you to see what's going on, helps you to, um, to see those things that... Uh, that might be obstacles or potential pitfalls. It um, it guides. So as uh, Alex said, um, lighthouses uh, they either guide you towards a harbour or they guide you away from rocks. So light helps you to find a safe place, but also shows you where where not to go. Um, and it reveals the hidden, as in the phrase, throw some light on the subject. Things that were that are in darkness, that are hidden, that are put away. You get a torch and you hunt for it. I was hunting for something in the in our house yesterday, and uh, unfortunately I didn't find it. But using a torch meant that I could see things that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to see. So Jesus said, "We followers of Him are to be salt and to be light, to be all of these uh, different things." to uh, help uh, awaken people, to dispel darkness, to illuminate situations. And it could be, that could be quite a heavy responsibility. Because I think about my, you know, sort of my own wisdom or my own insight, or I think about some of the flavours that I might bring to, to different parts of my life. And they're not necessarily the sort of salt or light that Jesus was talking about. So Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit to help us to do that. He, he, uh, he said, in, the, in this passage, he said, I want you to be salt and light. And then in Acts, he said, I'm sending my Holy Spirit to help you, to do what I've, what I've called you to do, to equip you, to, um, to give you the tools and the, uh, the things that you need. So it's, it's not our saltiness. It's not me being a good person in and of itself. And it's not me with my wisdom or my thinking that Jesus is talking about. He's talking about getting hold of who God is and what he's about and bringing him into those situations to bring God's flavors and to bring God's color into life 
into the life of those around us. It's not, I, I, I don't think, from what I've thought, of, from what I've read and what I've uh, listened to, etc., I don't think it's just about making people feel happier or making people feel lighter or more peaceful or more calm, important as those things are. When Jesus said, you know, be salt and light, he, he tied that in a bit later in his ministry with saying that he is the light of the world and whoever follows him will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. It's the light of Jesus that we're called to bear into situations. It's the flavor of God that we're called to bring into the different situations that we're in. So how's it going? It's not a critical question. It's a prompt. How's it going? Where has Jesus called you to be salt and light? What are the different circumstances where when you're there you're thinking gosh this this could really do with some Jesus in the midst of it who is there maybe currently in your life in your in amongst your relationships where they're in the dark about Jesus they don't actually know anything about Jesus other than you know he appears at Christmas and apparently at Easter but the rest of the year is fairly non-existent Or who is there who needs to know about the full flavors of life that Jesus can bring? As Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life in all its fullness. And uh, Janet was just telling me that, uh, uh, is it sea lions? Seals. They they can't, or generally they can't survive in freshwater. They need the salt to to help their, their metabolism work. And so it's life-giving for, um, for them. And so, you know, is there, who do you know who needs to know that full flavor that Jesus brings? We talked about salt being something that thaws or melts ice. So are there situations or contexts where things need to be melted or thawed? Are there hearts that have become hard? And a bit of salt, a bit of flavouring or a bit of light will, um, will warm them and thaw them and soften them. Or are there just situations that are just dark and actually they need the light of Jesus to come and bring light and bring life and bring wholeness? Where is there something that is good and godlike that needs to be preserved. I think one of Mike I might get this wrong, but one of Mike's favourite saying is the the only thing that's required for evil to Hang on. And for the tape. All it takes for the success of evil is for good men and women to do nothing. So that's what Jesus is calling us to do, is to not to be those who do nothing but to do good and to preserve the things that are of God within our society. 
and to stand against those things which are not of him, that do not bring light, do not bring life. And maybe on a, on a personal level, where we talked about salt and it being pure, uh, is, are there parts of our lives that need a bit of purification, where we actually need the salt that Jesus talks about, the salt who is Jesus? I don't think he actually said anywhere, I am the salt of the world. He said, I'm the light of the world. He didn't say, I'm the salt of the world. But where we need that, the purity that Jesus brings to counter some of the stuff that either we've picked up or chosen into in our lives that means that when we go out to share salt and light, to be salt and light, actually it's getting in the way of that. And finally, uh, picking up on what Chris said about it wakes you up. Light wakes you up. Is there someone where it you just think it would be really great if they became awake to Jesus. It would be amazing for them to encounter Jesus, to say to him, Lord Jesus, I've lived my own life, I've lived it my way, and actually I need your help. I need you, Lord, to live my life. Is there someone who they need to be woken up to Jesus. So I'm just going to pause, give us all an opportunity just to think through some of those things. Maybe you think about what salt does or what light does and think about any particular situations that might be personal to you or might be local to you or they might be national. We're just going to take the opportunity just to... Um, just to bring those things before before God and say, Lord, help me to be sought or help me to be light into those places. Help me not to be hidden under a bowl. Help me not to lose my saltiness so that I can bring flavor, so that I can bring your light, your illumination into situations. Lord, we ask that for the things that we're now bringing to you the things that are on our hearts, the situations in our families, amongst friends or neighbours, in our community, in the nation or the wider world. Come Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you equip us by your Holy Spirit to live and act into the situations around us in ways that bring your light and your flavor, your color and your life into those around us. So we say, come Holy Spirit, fill us afresh as we go out from this place, as we go out into our day-to-day -day lives, into our jobs, into our families, into our communities help us to be those who do bring 
your light, your life, your flavors, your colors, the fullness of life in you. Thank you, Jesus, that uh, life is um, what you're about. Uh, Help us to be those who bring it in its fullness through you. And through you and in you and by you, we pray these things. Lord Jesus, amen.